Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to Coronapod. In this show, we're going to bring you nature's take on the latest COVID-19 developments. And we'll be speaking to experts around the world about research during the pandemic. We're entering a new era now. We have new COVID strategies. There's some new unknowns and we've got a vaccine. Hello and welcome to Coronapod. I'm Noah Baker and joining me this week is senior reporter in our Asia Pacific Bureau, Smriti Malapati. Smriti, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thanks. What we're going to talk about today is severe COVID. Now we'll get on to the severe COVID part in a minute, but I want to kind of build this story up because there's quite a lot of layers. And the first driver of this story is a seemingly simple question, which is, can the SARS-CoV-2 virus infect immune cells? Why has this been such a difficult question to answer? And then we'll get on to why answering this question is relevant to severe COVID. Yeah, so it's definitely been a question that researchers have been interested in for a long time, and I've been interested in it. And I've seen a few preprints come out, you know, some saying that immune cells can be infected, some saying they can't. And there is quite a bit of debate in the community. I think part of what makes it difficult is that many immune cells don't have these ACE2 receptors or have very low levels of these ACE2 receptors, which is typically how we know that the virus gets into cells. So these are, you know, proteins on the surface of the cell, and that's kind of how SARS-CoV-2 gets into these cells. So that's one puzzle is, you know, if they can be infected, how is the virus even getting in? And then also, you know, some of these immune cells, so for example, macrophages, which is a type of immune cell, they're kind of the garbage collectors in the body. So they just kind of scoop up all the debris in the body. And so you might find, you know, viral RNA that's scooped up by these macrophages, but they're not actually infected. These are not replicating viral particles. And so it's just been a really hard question to clarify. And then these papers have come out that kind of get at that, but then also get at this larger biological mechanism of severe COVID. Right, absolutely. And so when we're talking about severe COVID here, one of the really key things we're talking about is inflammation, right? We know that when people get COVID that develops these really severe symptoms that lead to pneumonia and so on, a lot of that is triggered by this massive inflammatory response in the body, which is one of the reasons that things like dexamethasone were suggested as a treatment, because that is a steroid that reduces the inflammation response. 
And this infection of immune cells, the scientists that have written these papers are suggesting gets at where this inflammation may come from, this severe inflammation that triggers these severe symptoms. Yeah, so there are two papers. Both of them find a similar mechanism, but they look at different things and different cells. So one of these papers is published in Nature. The other one is on BioArchive, so hasn't yet been peer-reviewed. And as you say, they, they look at slightly different things, but they come to kind of similar conclusions. Take us through what the two groups were doing. Both of them look at immune cells and both of them eventually end up finding the same mechanism, the role of immune cells in this inflammatory response. One of them looks at these immune cells called monocytes, which are cells that patrol the body for any unwanted pathogens. They're kind of an early immune response. And so they looked at monocytes in the blood. And the other study looked at macrophages, the kind of garbage collector immune cells, in this very interesting mouse model of a human immune system. And then they also look at human cells. And both of the studies did find that the immune cells they were focusing on could be infected, which really is a kind of a confirmation of this kind of debate that's been going on for a long time. But that mechanism that you mentioned is this kind of really fascinating part, because it's not just that these immune cells can be infected. Their studies also pointed to a way in which that infection causes this inflammatory response, which leads to severe COVID. Tell me about that mechanism. They find that SARS-CoV-2 can infect these immune cells. It also replicates in them. And once the cells recognize the presence of the virus, it activates these molecules called inflammasomes. And these inflammasomes then, you know, spark this cascade of an inflammatory response that then recruits even more inflammatory cells. Typically, you're finding these these cells in the lungs, so that it recruits all of these inflammatory cells to the lungs. And then eventually, the immune cells that are infected undergo a type of cell death linked to inflammation called pyroptosis. But then there's all this inflammation in the lungs, and that is potentially contributing to what you see in severe COVID. Yeah, and we should say that this mechanism that the researchers have found, they aren't claiming this is the only mechanism through which inflammation is triggered, and it may not even be the main one, but it is a mechanism that they can kind of point to and be clear on now, right? And they've gone further than just finding the mechanism. They've started to investigate what happens if you interrupt this mechanism. So what happens if you prevent these inflammasomes being recruited? Tell us what happened there. Yeah, so triggering the inflammasome almost stops the virus from continuing to replicate and producing infectious virus. But when you block the inflammasome, the virus can continue to replicate in these cells and produce infectious virus. So the researchers think that, you know, maybe the macrophages are triggering this inflammatory response in order to stop the virus from replicating. But then it has this other effect that is not desirable as well. Absolutely. And in mice, they were able to prevent the mice developing these severe symptoms by blocking these inflammasomes. But as you say, that then leads to the virus being allowed to continue replicating because the thing that stops the replication of infectious virus is the inflammasomes. And so it does leave you asking, which is the lesser of two evils here, this severe inflammatory response or allowing the replication to continue through immune cells and potentially other cells in the body? 
Yeah, no, it's it's really an interesting, both of them are really interesting science papers. And as if things couldn't be more complicated, the researchers that wrote these papers also looked at the mechanism for how the virus particles were getting into these cells, right? Because you mentioned earlier that a lot of these immune cells have very few, if any, ACE2 receptors, which are the receptors that usually that we know that the SARS-CoV-2 virus uses to get into cells. And they found something really fascinating, which again is confusing and backwards in some ways, which is that there is another receptor that the virus is using to get into these cells. But in order to do it, it also needed antibodies. Tell us what was going on there. So with the macrophages, the researchers found that there are probably two ways. So macrophages do have some ACE2 receptors. So the virus is likely getting in that way. And then they also have this other receptor called FC-gamma receptors. And so what happens is these receptors attach to antibodies, and these are antibodies that can then attach to the virus. So the antibody attaches to the receptor on the cell, and then a virus comes along, and then the antibody hooks onto that virus, and that allows the virus to then be scooped into the immune cell. So it's almost like an antibody-mediated response that is happening. So the antibodies are facilitating this inflammatory response. So that's what they found with the macrophages. And with the monocytes, monocytes actually don't have ACE2 receptors. So they found that the primary way was via these FC gamma receptors. And, you know, there might be other ways, but these are the ways that the researchers identified. It really points to the kind of glorious and terrible complicatedness of our immune system, that antibodies which are created, amongst other things, to block virus from entering cells. In this situation, they're actually facilitating viruses entering the cells because they're allowing them to be sort of scooped up into the cell. However, it's not all antibodies, right? This isn't a case of any antibody against SARS-CoV-2 is going to turn rogue and end up inviting them into immune cells. Yeah, so exactly. When you hear about this mechanism, you know, immediately alarm bells go off. You know, you think of antibodies as positive things and you think of vaccines as well. So vaccines induce the production of antibodies against the virus. But the researchers looked specifically at antibodies produced when people are vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine. And they found that they didn't kind of facilitate this response. So, of course, they haven't looked at all different vaccine technologies, and I assume that that is something that they will look into. But, you know, it's not all antibodies that facilitate this response. And so the big question, I suppose, after you find these results, you start to get a sense of some of the mechanisms of how immune cells might be infected, what mediates that infection, and also get a sense that this infection of immune cells might be leading to some of the severe COVID that we see, the severe symptoms we see. The first thing that I think of is, okay, cool, surely this starts to give us targets, right? This is treatment targets. When you understand the mechanism of how this works, this means that we've got a way that we can get in to interrupt that process and so therefore hopefully stop people getting sick or stop people getting infected. How realistic is it that this research could turn into some kind of meaningful therapeutic? So I did speak with researchers who, when they saw the research, they thought the same thing. They thought, you know, maybe these studies could lead to immune cells as a potential target. 
for therapies. It might already be feeding into research that's underway, but I think we're really quite early on in the process at the moment. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. As so often is the case, whenever we talk about anything to do with COVID, the final word tends to be, we'll have to wait and see. And it again speaks to just the fantastic complexity of understanding a virus like this. But it does sort of give me a moment's pause at how much more there is still to understand you know we're only just now getting a kind of a clear signal that the virus can infect immune cells which is one of the most fundamental responses to an infection with a virus and so you know god what is there left to learn i will certainly be watching it closely i'm sure you'll be watching it even more closely than me hopefully we'll be revealing more in the future thank you so much for joining me smriti yeah thank you very much Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 